Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, Cam and I are back. It's episode 158, Believe in Rams. And uh, probably thinking, what are you guys going to talk about today? There's not a lot to talk about. There actually is. So Cam and I actually, you know, we, we came up with a, a pretty good show plan today and uh, a lot of things we want to discuss. And whether that's, you know, based on some rumors that are going around about a certain quarterback that puts mayonnaise and coffee uh, going to the Rams <laughs> sick, or uh, <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting uh, or, you know, just whatever. Uh, we'll be here to discuss it. But before we do, uh, I would like to uh, ask you, please be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review. Uh, Cam has his own YouTube channel as well, so please go and subscribe to that. The link is in the description. And uh, without further ado, I will read the sad read. So betonline.ag remains your number one source for all your sports betting, uh, college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, conference championships, right through the Final Four and championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag where the game starts. So Cam, uh, we have the burning question. I really wasn't sure where to go with this one, but I feel like this makes the most sense because everyone's asking me every day uh, via DMs, which by the way, my DMs are open. I love it. <laughs> uh, but I'm just, you know, saying everyone's asking me every day, whether it's DMs or tagging me on Twitter or Instagram or what have you, are the Rams going to like literally do anything or should I just like turn off the notifications and just relax? And <laughs> Uh, I'm never going to tell you to just turn off the notifications because this is a league that never sleeps. And you're talking about a team that's always in the headlines, the press clippings, whatever you want to say. They're always a team that you never know what they're going to do. Uh, everyone thought they were getting OBJ uh, and then they got Brandon Cooks. You know, uh, there's all sorts of connection to them getting, uh, you know, this guy and then they end up getting Jalen Ramsey, right? There, there's We've seen things change with the Rams. I've always gone by, not always, since Les Snead and Sean McVay have been there, uh, I've decided to kind of just assume that really the Rams, that team, that anything can happen. And if it does, you shouldn't be surprised. So with that said, burning question, will the Rams draft pick on day two of the NFL draft be their next move cam or will we see them pull off something before the draft? Yeah, I think you just said it day two of the draft. That's, that's a little too long, Jake. I think something happens before that. Um, just seeing Kevin Dimoff. I know he just put a letter out. Uh, we recorded last week and his letter came out literally right after we recorded. So I know um, one of the the folks that do follow our, you know, the believe in Rams podcast, they jumped on and said, Hey, what do you think about this letter? So we're going to address that. Um, you know, I, I asked you with your thoughts about the letter. You gave me your thoughts. So we'd love to hear that live or on, on tape. But, um, you know, for me personally, I enjoyed the letter. Number one, because on the previous podcast, we were like, dude, the Rams want to win. What are we doing here? You know, and so, you know, we cover the Rams. But I think that letter was specifically for the season ticket holders. And. It, it it sat well with me because he went back to even the Brandon Cooks acquirement, right? Where Brandon Cooks, that was a couple, you know, a couple years back. So I feel like he reached back in his bag and, and put down facts on paper. 
Um, and number two, I think it's a great way to communicate. You know, sometimes when you're when you're arguing with your partner, you know, your lady, you're like, all right, let me just write some stuff out. Let me write you a love letter. So hopefully you forgive me. I feel like this letter was that. And so um, just the way he kind of uh, articulated some things and what I really what I really just going back to your question, you talked about um, will something happen beforehand um, in his letter? He mentioned um, or we can focus on replenishing our draft capital and improving our long term salary cap situation. And, and he said, replenishing our draft capital. You know, the Rams have 11 picks in the draft. I do think there's something's going to happen where they're going to either trade up and figure out how to get one of these edge rushers. I know we were talking about this. Hey, we need someone to um, provide a spark uh, in this draft class. So I do think the Rams are going to make something happen beforehand because um, I do think that the season ticket holders and the Rams fans at some one point, you know, lost a little bit of hope. So I think the Rams are going to make a big splash, a big move. Jake, it could be right after this podcast, right? As soon as we're done recording, the big splash can happen. But I do think there's going to be a big splash and the Rams are figuring it out. Um, and just really quick, going back to the letter, um, he, he, you know, Kevin Dimoff did mention, he was like, you know, we could we could have stuck with our, our other players and figured out how to restructure those contracts and take another, uh, take another shot at it. Um, and after reading that, you know, just the direction that they took, like, hey, we want to figure out how to kind of clean slate a little bit and make a run for the playoff, make a run for the NFC title, and then also the playoffs and the championship. I like that approach, Jake, right? Um, you know, it came in a letter format. I feel like it was a love letter, you know, like, hey, don't leave me. You know, I'm right here with you. So, uh, yeah, I love the letter, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts about the letter and kind of what the Rams would do before draft. Cam, you know where I'm going with this. I just, I think the question is how far am I going with this? Right. Um, I, I have to say, you know, the letter's supposed to make you feel good. And I will say, you know, even I started to feel a little good reading it, but with that, said, but. there are some things we have to, there's always a, but right. Uh, look, I'm not hating. I, obviously this is my team since childhood and will always be my team. Um, but <laughs> There's the butt again. <laughs> Let's be honest here. This letter's coming out because there was a certain reaction that led to it. And the reaction, I don't have the numbers, but again, with the butt, they're telling us straight up, like, hey, we're sending out this letter because people have decided to either move on from the PSLs and, you know, the uh the personal C license. Um either move on from that and move on from, you know, going to the games next year and sell their season tickets or they're considering it and they voice their opinions. They've sent in emails, you know, this is a response. This is not, you know, shooting first, getting out in front of a story, getting out in front. I think this is a direct response because we don't see this very often. Right. Um, I gotta say, man, I understand <laughs> like they want a Super Bowl, but let's please let's not just let's not say we have three picks in the top 77. Come on, guys. <laughs> that's exciting. Like, all right, way to stretch that, man. <laughs> way to stretch that. Yeah. So yeah, that, you don't pick yeah. until 36. You have a pick at 69 and you have a pick at 77. So you have three picks inside of 36 to 77. So you have three picks inside 41, the first, you know, the, the last 41 picks, uh, you know, after the first, first 35, you don't have a first round pick. 
you did not get one for trading away an elite cornerback who you've had for four years and is going to go down as the greatest cornerback in Rams history when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. He just is. Yeah. I mean, he's not on the team anymore, whatever. He's still going to be the best cornerback the Rams have ever had. So, okay. So like you only got a third and they say, I hear two thirds. Um, last time I checked, you know, the car depreciates once it gets off the lot. Yeah. Uh, Hunter long is not a third round pick anymore. He'd be <laughs> worth about a seventh. So you got a third and a seventh for Jalen Ramsey, mm. a seventh that you already know who it is. And he's got a little potential, right? Yeah. You know, to me, I I felt like it was kind of excuse making in a way. Mm. Um, like, okay, you're just gonna have to deal with us going through this tough time because we got a Super Bowl. We brought a Super Bowl back. That's what our mission was. And like you're gonna have to understand if we're not as good this year. But we're not giving up on the team. We're not tanking. That's how I read it. Mm-hmm. Is that multiple things are happening here. Ticket, uh, you know, ticket season ticket holders are either writing to him or have already sold their tickets away. Mm-hmm. This is a response to that being like, please don't do that the, without begging. He's explaining. One. The second part is the full on like explaining and everything and talking about all the moves they made. Like, it's hard to be like, you know we got you a super bowl. Like, can you at least like give us some time to come back? Like, that's not how fans are. Mm -hmm. And when you have the LA Lakers and I'm not saying it's right, but you have the LA Lakers, you have the LA Dodgers, the LA Kings are going to be fighting for Stanley cup this year. Uh, you know, all those teams I mentioned are going to be in the playoffs. They're playing postseason. uh, the chargers. Now you look at in the building, you know, people like, I don't know, Justin Herbert, long, long long-term thing there. You know, they were just in the playoffs. The Rams weren't. And now they're coming back and they look like they might even be better this year, right? So it's one of those things where it's like, it may not be fair. And also, I got to mention the Clippers, even though I'm a Laker fan. The Clippers <laughs> are, I think, third in the West. You got to give yeah. them some credit. Um, you know, they're going to have a new stadium and everything, uh, arena. But the point is, you have to compete and it, you know, you can't just be like, we got a ring, right? I mean, it should suffice to a degree. Like people should be filling out so far in my opinion, and that's not happening. Um, but to me, like this is saying we're not tanking and the goal is to be competitive, but I don't get the vibe. Like this year they're going for a super bowl and that's my issue with it mm-hmm. is that it <clears throat> it comes off as a pr reaction to something that's happening you know losing tickets and just the bottom line and, and look maybe that's unfair for me but that's just how it comes off to me i i don't hold it personally against demo for anybody but that's how it comes to me um it's not just a fan but somebody that is being an analyst for this team somebody that's covered this team since 2016 um that's just the vibe i get because yeah. i've never seen anything like this. yeah you know and, what i mean and to be fair you know you were talking through this just now right that california has a lot of teams that are going to the going to the playoffs it, it reminded me of pat bev's quote right i know he's playing for the chicago bulls now but he was saying that whenever yeah. he would lose a game for the lakers he would get trolled you know like Hey, you suck, blah, blah, blah. But now with Chicago, he doesn't get that. And, and so it kind of reminds me of a, it's a tough market, L.A. period, right? You got New York City. That's a tough market. Philly, that's a tough market. And so 
LA. We have high expectations. I'm from here and, you know, I'm here now and we want to win at the end of the day. So I, I see you on that one. I, I'm sure when it comes to fandom in general, it, it, it's like a wave. It's up and it's down. But I think what he wants to tell the Kevin Demoff, I'm, I'm, I'm siding with Kevin Demoff here, if you couldn't tell. But I just, from what I got from it is, hey, like for the, for the fans that are out there, you're going to come and go and that's okay. But for the true Rams fans, which I am and which you are, um, yeah. I think what he's telling us is that it's like, hey, like stick with us, you know, ride this one out. Last year was ugly. Um, it didn't go too well. And the offseason doesn't seem like it's going too well. And I think this also hits on the point of the, the, the burning question. What are the Rams going to do? I think with that letter going out last Friday, I think there's even more fire under the Rams to say, hey, we got to do something before draft or we're going to lose a lot of a lot of revenue. We're going to lose a lot of season ticket holders. We're going to lose, lose a lot of faith and hope in this Rams organization. So either whether it be in draft, we're trading up to the first round or before the draft, we got to do something insane. You know, not insane, but we got to do something awesome because time is ticking, you know, and, and things have been a little bit quiet these past two weeks. Um, after the Jalen Ramsey move, I know guys are doing their uh, their pro days, right? So uh, they're out there crushing. I know it was the um, it was the the NFL week, so all the owner the owners meetings, right? So everyone was there. So I'm sure coaches are talking like, "Hey, who you got over there?" You know, let me take some notes. And so I think right now is a lot of fact finding and a lot of soul searching. And Kevin Dimoff's letter, you know, before the owners meeting, I think it was right on point, Jake, because I think he sent that letter out Friday. The owners meeting was the following weekend. So I know other teams have read that that letter. They're like, ooh, the Rams, they're looking to trade something. They're looking to make a splash. So um, I think the, I have a feeling the Rams are setting things up for success where I'm sure Sean McVay was at those meetings like, hey, guys, you know, I know Matthew Stafford, he's fully healthy. He's ready to go. Cooper Cup, he's ready to go. We need more pieces. We need more people to uh, to help us go and win this NFC championship. So that's the first step, and I think they're preparing for that. So Jake, I think there's something there's something on the other side of this. Jake, I think we've we we as Rams hopeful have hit the low moment. You know, like oh, do the Rams want to win? And I think we're on the uptick, and I think um, I think Kevin Demoff and the Rams organization felt that. So. I got I got faith, Jake. I got faith in what I would say too to the Rams fans that are kind of like, oh, sell my tickets. I'm done with the Rams. Don't come running when the Rams start winning out, Jake. Let's remember this moment because the Rams fans that are selling them tickets and are like, oh, th- burn the jersey. Forget if the Rams start winning this year, Jake. I don't want to hear no smoke. Like, oh, you know what? The Rams are kind of cool. Let me let me ask you guys. Like, I think this is the moment where it's like, hey, get on or get off because. You know, we're headed to the top. And if, we, if you're with us, if you're not like, you know, we're going to see, but we're going to make our way. So I know that's a lot of the letter, Jake, but uh, I think it was really important to discuss because that's like you said, we haven't seen that before. And I think we needed to see it uh, at the stake that the Rams are in. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I, th- I keep thinking about it and it's like even with like the Jalen Ramsey trade, like it, it bothers me. Uh, to let a player like that go, but he was getting paid a lot of money. I mean, that's your fault, right? If if he's overpaid by your measure, you overpaid him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw with the Giants, they rectified their situation. They saw the the running back market. Um, they just franchised Barkley, and they saw the running back market, and they're like, 
the franchise tax quite expensive. I don't even know if Saquon Barkley's worth the franchise tax. So they, they actually rescinded the franchise tag, which I don't think you, you don't see very often. Right. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I think at the end of the day, you know, I, I think when you, you look at what the Rams are doing, um, it gives me some pause because, you know, you could say, Oh, well, you know, we did this and this. Okay. But why is Nick Scott, playing for another team for a million dollars. You can, you know, why is Taylor Rapp signing with the bills for less than 2 million? Why is David Edwards signing with the bills for less than 2 million? Why is, uh, you know, Greg Gaines playing in Tampa for <laughs> three and a half million? You know, I think those are fair questions. You let your entire 2009 draft, a uh, 2019 draft class, uh, it's gone. And to me, that's an abject failure. It doesn't matter mm. that you want to ring it doesn't change the fact that your 2019 draft class is entirely gone. Mm. Uh, that means you failed. Um, all those guys, uh, at least some of most of them should have gotten second contracts. And it, it's concerning to me that it, and it feels gimmicky because I saw the recent quote from Howie Roseman and people forget, you know, the, the NFC East for the last decade, there has not been a repeat winner of the NFC East. Um, and I remember when the Eagles missed the playoffs and, uh, you know, they, they just weren't that great that year or whatever. And Howie Roseman said falling off is kind of the easiest way to get back because it's, you, you know, you could start, yeah, I'm paraphrasing. Obviously I'm not like, you know, directly quoting him, but basically what he was saying is like, look, you know, us being bad allowed us to turn things around quickly. And that's what I think the Rams are trying to do. My problem is there's no excuse. It becomes gimmicky to have zero, uh, you know, cap holding next year, like have zero dead money and make that your big thing for next year and have all this cap. We're projected to have the most cap we've ever had. I I'm sorry. How does that make the team better? I mean, you, you know, now Nick Scott's playing for another team for pennies. Taylor Rapp's playing another team for pennies. Greg Gaines. I mean, you could say you really like the guys on the roster all you want, and if Greg Gaines got paid eight, if Nick Scott got paid eight, if Taylor Rapp got his market uh, calculated market value, uh, uh, you know, per spo track of 10, then yeah, by all means, I'm all for it. But to see those guys take so much less to have the worst, uh, you know, compensatory pick, um, you know, turnout that they will ever have. I mean, this is one of the worst years that the highest pick they're getting is a sixth rounder for a kicker. I mean, you could argue Matt Gay is the only one that I don't have an issue with because he was paid. He got paid for a kicker. That's a lot of money. I yeah. get that. I'm not going to complain that they didn't dish out five plus million for a kicker, but to let starting safeties, starting safeties that played and started in the Super Bowl go away for a million dollars. I mean, that's just not really acceptable to me. Um, and to me, I'm always going to, hold things like that against the team because at that point you're saying picks matter because you're like, Oh, we have 11 picks and Oh, we want more picks. But then you're letting your entire draft class go in 2019, uh, you know, cutting Ter Terrell Lewis and Terrell Burgess and Daryl Henderson. Um, you know, when the reality is y you failed Daryl Henderson cause you didn't know how to use him. Um, Terrell Burgess never was developed properly and Terrell Lewis. Yeah. The injuries, but you, you took a risk. You drafted, you never go after edge. And the one year you went after edge early on, on day two, 
uh, you drafted a guy with multiple injury concerns. I mean, I had a, I had an issue with that pick at the time um, because I felt like, you know, even watching him at Bama, the guy was always hurt. And sure enough, the same thing happened. So, you know, I think it's definitely fair. Like with what you're saying, I totally understand because that was the first thought I had was like, okay, this makes me feel a little comfortable. But at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it and I'm like, it's, it feels like an excuse. It feels like a nicely drawn out, uh, you know, friendly excuse. It doesn't seem like it's a whiny or anything. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's being like rude or mean or taking anything out on the fans, but it feels like a friendly excuse. I, that, that's yeah. how I would say it. Yeah. It sounds like a, a, a sorry, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, sorry yeah. guys. Like it, it, it is what it is. You that know? Super Bowl you want this year. Hey, sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about it. You know, like, it's, it's it's just it's looking know. it's looking ugly right now. And you know, I think too another thing is allowing grace. You know, allowing grace because things got things got ugly last year. Uh, last year for the Rams, and you know, hopeful for this year, but things things have been ugly. So really, just I think it's like, hey, <laughs> like I said, when you tell your tell your girl like, hey. I'm sorry. Like I, I did this. I did that. I'm sorry. I double clicked that Instagram picture. Like I still love you. Can you still, can you still love me? Can you still rock with me? You know, I think it's one of those. It's like, Hey, like it, it didn't go well, but it, it, you know, my past, forget my past. Let, let's move on for the future. You know? So I think it's one of those things where, you know, Kevin Dimoff, the Rams are really trying to figure out how to keep the ship going, how to keep the ship moving because, you know, at some point we do feel like it's sinking. So if you have to apologize and it, it might feel like an excuse, hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to keep things rolling. So it's uh, it, it's safe to say that the Rams haven't done a great job during the draft. They haven't drafted really well. You know, a lot of the 2019, the whole draft class is gone and they're getting traded for or cut and then picked up for pennies. So it's fair to say that the Rams have not drafted well. So this draft, Got to change that around. Kevin Demo, we apologized already. So now we got to do better in this draft to make sure that, hey, these guys can stay long term and then they can win right now. So that's step one. And then step two, free agency now. You know, you have Allen Robinson that's still on the team as well. So what does the free agency play look like? Can we get some somebody in the facility, in the building that can lead the defense next to Aaron Donald? Because Jalen Ramsey's gone. We need somebody that can lead the defense. And then, you know, Matthew Stafford's healthy. So on the offensive side, right, uh, I think in the letter he mentioned Van Jefferson. So our guy, big play Van, he he might still be in the mix. But let's make sure that we can have somebody to protect Matthew Stafford. Matthew is healthy. Yeah. You know, Sean McVay mentioned it. Let's get somebody that can protect Matthew Stafford and someone who can help lead that defense. And then I, I think, we you know, we can get the ball rolling. But the takeaway is do well in the draft this year. You already apologized to us, right? So do well in the draft this year so we don't have to apologize again. We don't have to repeat the apologies. And then also, too, in free agency, make sure you make a move with Allen Robinson. And if not, make sure that Matthew Stafford's protected, period. So that's that's my thought there. I know, Jake, we, we spent a lot of time on that letter, but, you know, I, I think it's important that we do and, and that we address that because, you know, the folks that follow us wanted us to, to touch on it. So, um yeah. You know, it, it <laughs> no funny. more apologies. It's a long time. I forgot about the letter. Yeah. So, so I actually, yeah, I forgot to put it on the, uh, the plan and you brought it up. So good on you. Yeah. Um, what I will say is this, uh, the final thing that we'll move on to, to, you know, what I was going to bring up, but, uh, I have heard that Sean McVay is looking at this, like it's 2017 all over again, 
Um, and at some point, maybe next. Well, no, no, we'll wait till after the draft. I think we should try and compare on paper how the 2023 Rams look to the 2020 uh, to the 2017 Rams mm. because the 2017 Rams did not pick in the first round. Um, you know, they they had a pick in the second. They traded down. They got two thirds. They have two thirds already. Um, you know, they uh, they did have. I don't think they had a fourth either. Believe it or not, they traded two fifths to go up and get Ibukam in the fourth. So it is mm. kind of similar. Um, you know, and they didn't have a first rounder because they they went out and they got Jared Goff. You know, they traded up to get him, and they don't have a first rounder this year because you know currently Matthew Stafford. So, um, I mean, I'm not saying that I'd be all for it, but I mean they are kind of like uh, a you know a Taylor Lewan signing and an OBJ signing away from having it be like somewhat like Andrew Whitworth and Robert Woods. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that that is kind of interesting when you think about it. But we will we'll have to address it maybe next week or something. But our well, no, no, after the draft, we'll we'll compare yeah. the you know. But um, that's something to, to keep in mind because like Jordan has brought that up that like Sean McVay's looking at this as the 2017 season. And here's my thing: when I say that, like I feel like it is a a PR play or whatever I, I'm saying, that's not from Sean McVay. Uh, I got to make that very clear. I don't think the coaches are going into this year thinking we can't win a Super Bowl. Like yeah. I think Sean McVay, every time he takes, uh, you know, the sideline uh, and his team takes the field, feels like he can win any game. Definitely. And I feel like Sean McVay goes in every year thinking Super Bowl. I, I don't think, I don't believe in in the fact that like when I say, I don't think that they're trying to win a Super Bowl. It's not that I think the coaching thinks that. I think it comes from the higher up. It's I don't the, think it's like, a business. It was a business you know, play, more of a business play. Like, hey, yeah. we want we want butts and seats. Let's make sure that we maintain the butts and the seats. You know, we have less need of Sean McVay to lead this thing. Yeah, it was more of that play. Yeah, and if you talk to like Sean McVay and be like, hey man, we're gonna have to take a step back with our spending. Sean's gonna be like, all right, challenge accepted. Like, yeah, I'll you know he, he believes in the coaching staff he brought in to develop these guys. If they have a 2017 draft this year, or if they have an even better class, uh, then we could be looking at them in the Super Bowl as early as 2024. You know? Yeah, and um, that's the key, Jake. I, I think, think the coaches. 2025 is the you know. But yeah, I was saying the coaches. Yeah, I think the coaches. That's the key. I think I think people are kind of glazing over that a little bit. <clears throat> the players, the players, the coaches. Man, I think he brought in some great coaches, and I think he needed that. He really needed that in comparison to last year, and I think that's going to make a difference. If you got some great coaches that can coach up any type of player, then you can find success. You know, you think about the Patriots um, when they actually played the Rams. You know, the Super Bowl, they didn't have they had like Chris Hogan, they had Julian Edelman, of course, but they didn't have that much firepower. But I'm sure that coaching staff was a one. So I think that's the big part is making sure that the coaches are sharp. So. Whatever draft picks that do come in, hey, stand right here and you'll intercept the ball. Stand right here, you'll catch the ball, right? Just so some of those simple things. So I, that's one piece I just wanted to put a pin in is the coaching staff. I think Sean McVay is extremely confident in this new coaching staff to go win some football games regardless of who is on the roster. I'll say this right now. If, uh, if Raheem Morris turns this team into – a, a respectable defense with how many you know talents went out the door. I never want to hear another thing against Raheem Morris again. Real talk, okay? yeah, that's true. I've been defending this guy, and you know, without Aaron Donald and uh, with you know three out of his four top corners out, 
the guy just continued to bring it and he kept them competitive. Like the reason we're like, oh, we almost won that game. That was the defense. The offense was pitiful <laughs> yeah. last year. I mean, let's be honest here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the offense, there might be a way to inject some fire, uh, some some swag, mm-hmm. you know, some some electricity. And uh, anytime you think about those three things, uh, you're probably thinking about OBJ. Am I right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the Rams have given OBJ the framework of, you know, a deal they'd like to do with him. Um, they're now waiting on him to decide. That's basically what Les Need said. Look, we want Odell back. And, um, you know, they've already talked numbers and everything. And they've told him, you know, what they could see a deal with the Rams looking like. He's reportedly looking for $15 million annually. Um which I think he's worth when he's fully healthy. And I've like based off, you know, his, his play in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, a three year, $45 million deal sounds absolutely fair, but the torn ACL hasn't played now, you know, mm-hmm. since the Super Bowl, I think it's totally fair for teams to be like, hang on a sec. This is a little <laughs> too rich for my blood right now. If you do this this year, I will pay you three years, 45 million. But right now, I don't know if you're worth that. So OBJ, and I, I've said this for a while, this is not a deal that I think is going to get done before the uh, the, the draft. Agree. Cam, this deal is going to be so fascinating because it's really going to set a precedent for a player coming off multiple ACL tears um, that has been a star, that has gone from stardom down to here, back up, that fell down again. It is really going to set a precedent for what somebody like that is worth. Yeah, I think I think you're right about after draft. I think what's important is the Rams figure out the draft first, right? Figure out the draft first. Figure out how to get butts and seats. I think that's a big part, uh, according to the uh, to the letter. Get people excited about the direction of this program. Get Matthew Stafford protected. Get make sure Aaron Donald is happy. He has some people to to go to war with. That's really important. And going to the OBJ piece, you know. We talked about some lightning and some electricity being injected into this program, this organization. Whatever OBJ is asking for money-wise, he's going to make that up just by being on the roster. Jersey sales, people tuning in to watch the Rams just because OBJ is there, right? Like social media, everything's going to go up because he's there and that value is more than the $15 million per year. So I think when it comes to the Rams – figure out, hey, let's figure out what we can do financially and let's go a little bit higher because what you're bringing to us, whether you're hurt or not, is more than what, what's on this, this this sheet. So I think we should keep that in mind as well. So if the Rams are trying to figure out how to get people back in the seats, OBJ is the guy, right? He's the guy. But I think, like you said, after draft, figure out other, all the other pieces, figure out where Allen Robinson is going to fit, and then I think you you bring OB, OBJ, figure out how to make him as happy as possible, and you bring OBJ to rebuild for, like you said, that 2025 year where, hey, we, we, we've we we've injected some life into our program, <laughs> you know, and, and now let's figure out how to go get that championship. But, you know, and one thing I will say, too, is people are like, hey, are you going to win a championship championship this year, yay or nay? The first step is winning the division and then getting to the playoffs because if you don't get to the playoffs, if you can't, if you don't go to the dance, if you're not invited to the dance, then you can't win anything. You can't win prom king or prom queen because you, you're not even at the dance, you know? So the goal is really yeah. to get to the dance. So if they can get to the dance this year with OBJ and their team, that's great. And then I think the following year, let's figure out how we can win the whole thing. So 
it'll be interesting, but I think OBJ will be the answer post draft. Yeah. Well, uh, real quick on that, because you, you talked about the dance. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the Miami basketball coach wants to make the, uh, the big dance, the NCAA tournament have 96 teams. Think about that. If they did that, the NFL, like how many wild cards is that? <laughs> that's insane. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, let's be honest though. He's, he's riding high on the final four right now, potentially a national title. He's like, bring it all on. Yeah. Like, put them all in the dance. But, I don't care. I'll beat them all. And I, but, I, but I love their, their approach, right? Like there's like, don't pick us. I think they had that whole don't pick us video. And I think, the Rams yeah. take on that same mentality. Like, hey, right now, you're not going to pick us right now. But, hey, we're stacking up with OBG, OBJ. We get some offensive linemen to protect Matthew Stafford. We got this. We got this coming. I think this year, the Rams have to take that mentality. If not, we're not going to make it to the dance. So, And uh, keeping on that that Laranaga comparison there, I could go even further. Yeah. Laranaga coached that George Mason team that went to the Final Four. Sean McVay took a team that yes, the Rams have been prominent, but they went through that awful stretch. And as soon as he walked in the building playoffs hosted a playoff game at the Coliseum in 2017, there you go against a team that was just in the Super Bowl in the Atlanta Falcons. There you go. I, I, I was at that. I was actually at that game. There you go. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's possible. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. Um, and the crazy part about that season was I think I told you this before on the podcast. When I got to the team, it was actually versus the Eagles versus Carson Wentz. I know we're gonna chat about him a little bit later. Um, when Carson yes. when Carson Wentz got hurt that that year, every game after that, the Rams had a takeaway on the first series of every game. I was like, "Yo, is this like a thing? Like, how is this happening?" But I think it was uh, uh, Nikhil Roby. He was like, "Yo, Cam, we're getting takeaways on the first play of." every game and that really uh took things to the next level so you know if the rams can figure that out this year how to get we talked about this on the podcast jake is last year we talked about raheem morris the bend don't break and i was like what about takeaways what about this what about that and now that aubrey pleasant is back there i feel like he's gonna bring that old mentality like hey you know raheem i know you're doing it this way but what about this way you know in 2017 we had those takeaways we we made sure we were doing this this and this before every game so I do think that's going to be uh, a game changer. And I'm excited, like you said, after draft to go and review that 2017 team and kind of see, hey, what are the similarities and what does that look like? Because I think I think the Rams can be dangerous, right? Don't pick us now. That's going to be our theme, Jake. Don't pick us now because, you know, later on we'll, we'll be dancing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, it, it's funny because, like you mentioned, you know, Nicole B. Coleman, and it's like, you know, I, I was like, they need somebody like that, but they have somebody like that. I mean, that's Jacoby Durant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely. That like big that, play. that fire that he plays with you know, the big play ability. You know, he's, uh, he's a guy that you could tell he, he's going to get in your face. Like as he gets more comfortable, what does he call himself? The land shark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like, yeah. sure. I'm excited for his development. I feel like those are the little things that you could take away. Like I'm excited to watch him. I'm excited. They brought back Marquise Copeland. Love it. Wanted yeah. to mention that. Uh, big fan of his. And, um, you know, I I feel like there are definitely some positives and like getting to see these young guys actually get to play. Like, is Ernest Jones going to take that next step? Like, this is oftentimes where we see him right now. 
This is oftentimes where like players that are good in the league, they just stay this level and that's fine, right? They just stay. He's a third rounder. He doesn't have to be a pro bowler. He doesn't have to be a superstar, but this is when we're going to find out if he is. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like Anthony like Davis, cause... Anthony Davis and LeBron. LeBron's like, Hey, I'm hurt my guy. Like Anthony Davis, you, you show the league that you're, you're him. Not that Anthony Davis is like your Ernest Jones, but it's that time to show your stuff. Ernest Jones yeah, has, he had he, to, he, he, he had, they have to. Like the Lakers, wouldn't we talked about him earlier? Or, you know, talking about all the LA teams that will be in the playoffs. Lakers weren't going to be in the playoffs if Anthony Davis didn't rise to the occasion. Ernest Jones has to rise to the occasion. Otherwise, yeah. like their linebackers are guys that we like. I mean, I I like Christian Roseboom. I like Jay Cummel, but neither of those guys are going to be able to take over and be like the guy. I mean, we're talking about Ernest Jones like the mentorship he had, like being under the wing of Bobby Wagner. That's why they brought him in mostly. Uh, obviously, Bobby Wagner's a great player, but a lot of the reason I was told is because they felt like Ernest Jones having that, you know, that upper guy, you know, kind of taking him under his wing. And the fact that Bobby Wagner is so like coachable and he's such a leader, it would work. And sure enough, I think it, it will. Um, now, going back to the, the OBJ thing, um, he was at the owners meetings, yep. uh, by the way, he was spotted talking with Les Snead. Um, all signs are, you know, pointing him to the New York jets uh, because I think he really wanted to play with Aaron Rodgers, but just felt like the Rams. I mean, he read, made the right decision. Let's be honest here. 2021. This is before Robert Woods tears his ACL. Uh, OBJ decides to sign with the Rams. Think about how important that signing was. Like before you just write this OBJ thing off, before you say he's just a locker room cancer, which he's already proven he's not, uh, before you say we don't need OBJ, he's just old. We didn't need him then. Just think about it. That one decision altered the Ram. That could have completely changed the Rams. The Rams win the Super Bowl with OBJ. You can say, oh, well, OB, you know, Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl without OBJ. He did. He had to adjust. But the beginning gave them kind of that that push because they were starting to fade towards the end. Yeah. You know, and OBJ was signed to be with Woods, to be with Cup. If he doesn't sign with the Rams, Robert Woods still tears his ACL. It's not like anything changes. Like, unless like OBJ, when he was signing the contract, ended up, you know, getting, he distracted Robert Woods and that's how he tore his ACL in practice. There's no way that any of that changes anything. So yeah. the Rams would have been without Robert Woods and OBJ would have been on the Packers. And who knows, maybe that sends the Packers past the 49ers and the Rams lose to the Packers again. We don't know. Yeah. So I just say, be grateful. And if this, if the Rams have any chance of bringing this talent to LA and they're going all in on the offense, I think he's a hundred percent worth it. Yeah. He's already shown that he has synergy with Stafford and we can't just uh we can't undermine what that means because we saw it this year. Him and Allen Robinson were not on the same page and it it cost him dearly. Yeah. Yeah, and another thing too <clears throat> that I want to bring up someone mentioned to me that worked at the Lakers actually with Phil Jackson and I, I know we're bringing up the Lakers and a lot of these basketball analogies but we're talking about greatness at the end of the day. And so the analogy podcast. The now, <laughs> yeah. Run the damn ball podcast. Yeah. There's a lot. Um, so what, what, he, what he mentioned was just energy. You know, whenever you, on a football team, whenever Tom Brady goes to a football, uh, the, the Buccaneers, you know, I think um, Shady McCoy said that, hey, he sent everybody a text like, hey, we're about to go win tomorrow night. Believe it. And the belief spread through the whole team. 
at the hotel in the middle of the night, you know, <clears throat> you know, things of belief. Phil Jackson with the Lakers. I know he used to sage. Diff- uh, someone told me yesterday, actually, he used to go and sage the locker rooms. And even when, you know, the, the comms folks would come in to go lay, lay the game, uh, the game information down in people's lockers, he would sage them, too, and say, hey, you can affect the energy in this room. And I do think when it comes to OBJ, he has that that. Um, that aura about him where if as a teammate, if I know that OBJ is on my team, oh, we, we can go do anything. If I have Tom Brady on my team, oh, we can go do anything. And so he brings more to the table than what paper can show. And so I think people have to realize that he's going to bring that excitement. He's going to bring that, oh, we want a Super Bowl with this guy. We're going to do it again with this guy. I think that's that's what, what he brings to the table. So Hey, you know, get ready. I think even talking about him a little bit more gets me gets me excited. And the fact that he was the only player, I would say the only player at the owners meeting, but the fact that he was at the owners meeting, it, it goes to show that he's about his business. He wants to win. And <laughs> the way he's moving, I was like, I could I could see him being in the front office in the future, right? I, mean, I, I don't know if he'll be able to paint his, you know, have his hair pink in the front office one day, but he's really strategic <laughs> about his moves. Um, and I just love the way he's doing business. And he wants to be on a winning team. And if he's considering the Rams in the future, that means he he might have some, some optimism about where the Rams are going. Um, and then also think about this too, Jay Glassy on the OBJ piece. You know, wherever he retires is going to be important, right? Does he want to retire as a Los Angeles Ram? He won the Super Bowl with the Los Angeles Rams. During NFL kickoff week, he was on the field with the Rams presenting the trophy, right? Like, where does he want to retire? What is it? What does his legacy look like? Um and then, yeah, like, does he want to be a Jet? He started off as a Giant. Does he want to end off his career as a Jet? Who knows? But does he want to end off as a Ram? He won a Super Bowl here. He got hurt. He ended up coming back to the Rams. They made a run to the playoffs, Super Bowl. I think that that storyline sounds a little bit better. I don't know about you, but, um, you know, I, I think it means a lot that the fact that he was at those owners' meetings and that he was locked in about his business. So I'm excited. I'm excited. More than 10 weeks they had his uh, his locker up. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't, and he still hasn't played for any other team. There you go. So I, I don't know, man. You know, it, I think it's definitely, it's, it's the Rams and Jets. I'm, I'm, con, I'm convinced. Um, when I hear the Ravens, I laugh. Who's throwing <laughs> you the ball out? Uh, like, really? Odell, who's throwing you the ball in Baltimore? Yeah. Not Lamar isn't coming back. Lamar's not coming back. Yeah. No way. Like, why would you sign there? Yeah. You know? So anyway, I don't buy that. But uh, another thing I don't buy, <laughs> Will Levis being a name the Rams <laughs> are looking at. Um, I, I don't buy it for a second. I understand why there, you know, I talked about this a little bit on a live stream. I understand why the rumors are out there. Rams, they look at, you know, Stafford, the injuries, you know, concern, whatever. And they see Will Levis and they're like, this is the opportunity. A guy that was once up here on all the boards. No one knows where this guy's going to go. I mean, from like four down to even the second round is his range. Um, I don't see him going top three. And he, his offensive coordinator of the year, he killed it uh, or killed it was <laughs> with uh, was with Liam Cohen, who has experience, obviously the Rams, all that. Liam knows a lot about him. If McVeigh wanted to know anything about him, be like, Hey, Liam, give me, give me the deets on this guy. You know? So I understand why it's there. And then of course the lions trade, which is what they're saying. It'd be the 18th overall with the lions. God forbid giving the lions more picks. 
that I would have an issue with. But <laughs> uh, trading up to 18, giving up the second rounder next year, um, and swapping the 36 to 18. No, uh, mm. it doesn't make sense. This is a team right now you need the draft picks because the draft picks are four-year deals on the cheap, right? If you develop these guys that are good value for four years, you talk four years, maybe not may not seem like a lot in football terms, like, oh, it's four-year. Four-year deal goes by like that. Yeah, but four-year deal is now 2028, 20, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what we're talking about here, right? So four-year deals do matter, 2027, 20, 2028, 20, you know? I, I, to me, like... If you're going to trade for a quarterback, yes, it makes sense to trade up into the first round because you get that fifth year option and the fifth year option is a steal if your quarterback has developed. But here's who I would rather have, Cam. I'd rather have them go out and trade for Matt Corral, who was in last year's draft, who the Panthers no longer want. Please do something like that over if you if you have to trade, do that over giving up top capital to go out and get a quarterback who I'm not as high on. I, I yeah. really think he's, he's a second rounder with a lot of concerns. Um, I just think he's, he's very raw and I understand, Oh, you sit him behind Stafford. Yeah. But I think they need to field a team. They, they need to draft guys to start like right yeah, away because right now. this team. Yeah. <laughs> like this, I mean, they're not like, they may not be all in to win, but they're all in to have a team. They need to have, 22 guys to put on the field and start. I, I just don't, I don't know how you could even justify to the fans. We're taking Will Levis. That's like when the, the Packers took Jordan love when they're in the middle of a win now. And Aaron Rodgers is just like, Hey, <laughs> I like Jordan. Like I'll, I'll, you know, I'll help Jordan out or whatever, but am I upset that we didn't go and try to make our football team better today? Yes, yeah. I am. Yeah. Like, and, and he had every right to be. Yeah. And I think ultimately that pick is what led to the demise. Mm. Who's to say that doesn't piss off Stafford? Mm. Think about it. Yeah. Matthew yeah. Stafford, he puts his body on the line. He's playing on a bad team, you know, with no offensive line help. Now he's coming back. He said he's not going to retire. And, you know, when you look, you know, he's like, all right, you traded Ramsey away and you released Floyd and you got rid of Wagner and like, okay, but I'm one of the guys that you chose to, to build around. So, okay, I owe it to you to, to give my all. Uh, but then they're not going out and giving him a weapon or they're not going out and getting a pass rusher or they're not going out to help the team in 2023. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Stafford is somebody I don't come off as like a hothead. I don't come off as somebody that, you know, would make a huge deal about it, but I think it would upset him a little bit. And I think he'd have every right to be upset if they went out and they got a quarterback. They, they spent an asset. They traded an asset away to get a quarterback in the first round. If you're going into the first round, it better be early first. So you're not giving up too much because 36 to 31 since the, you know, there's not 32 picks in the first this year because the dolphins lost their pick um, 36 to 31 cam. I won't complain the fifth year option. If you think it's that worth it to go out and get that guy, whether that's like Will McDonald or whoever, and you really want him, Okay. Okay, I'm not going to complain if they feel that's the only way to get their number one guy. But if you're trading up into 18 to get a quarterback, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, and and I think you, you hit the nail on the head, right? Why would you get someone, a backup quarterback for Matthew Stafford when, you said, when you're trying to win, that, win now? That's number one. And then number two, we need to figure out how to get someone from the draft that can get Matthew Stafford the ball back, right? Aaron Donald can get Matthew the ball back. We need... Jalen Ramsey was able to get Matthew the ball back. Bobby Wagner, same thing. Leonard Floyd, same thing. I mean, 
the Kobe Durant, he can give him the ball back, right? Uh, Aaron Donald, he can give him the ball back, but who else can get Matthew Stafford the ball back? That's the big thing. And I think, yeah, you, we want to give more to the Rams rather than, I want to say, um, have, have them sit on the sideline and have them sit on ice for next year and the year after that. We just saw from the letter right now, like, hey, we're, we want to go win the NFC. We can't win the NFC if you have our well, first round or second round draft picks sitting on the bench, dude. Like, we need somebody that could play right now that can give Matthew Stafford the ball back in multiple situations, period. <laughs> At full stop. You got cam makers that can run the ball. You got folks that Matthew Stafford can throw the ball to. Now let's give him, give him the ball back as many times as possible. And let's make sure that if Matthew Stafford does get hurt, who can who else can deliver the football? You know, what there's a lot of free agents, a lot of quarterbacks in free agency. Uh now I'm sure we want to probably want to jump to this next. There's a lot of quarterbacks in free agency that can deliver the football and score touchdowns. So why jump and try to figure out a, a franchise quarter? I know we talked about this in the past couple podcasts, finding that franchise quarterback, finding the franchise quarterback. It's not the time right now. You just mentioned it with the Packers, with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. It is not the time right now. From that letter we saw, we need to go win some games. So let's figure out how to do that. Having someone sit on the sideline, sitting on ice, waiting for his time to come. The time is now, Jake. (laughs) We need to win right now. So I'm not against drafting a quarterback. I want to make that very clear. I'm against trading up, giving up assets, drafting a quarterback in the first round who isn't ready to be your number two. Like he's not even ready to be a backup. He struggles against the pressure. You see, I have him project as a second round pick just because of the talent and the overall raw talent he has, right? Like he has a chance to be really good because he's got tools where NFL coaching could change it. But here's some things that stand out to me on tape. This guy is absolutely horrified when the pocket breaks down. Yes, he's mobile. He'll take off and run. Well, what good's that going to do you if if a helmet goes into his knee? You know? Yeah. So now he takes off and runs a lot. People compare him to Josh Allen. He's not Josh Allen. Okay. Mm-hmm. He, if if he was Josh Allen, you know, because I didn't like Josh Allen as a prospect coming out, but Josh Allen is way more ahead of the curve, I think, than Will Levis. Mm-hmm. Levis struggles making decisions. He struggles with making quick reads. A quarter of his throws came behind the line of scrimmage. That's not a guy that I want to be my backup even. No. You know, that's not a guy I want to trade up and go out and get. Um, you know, I I really have my issues with going out and getting Will Levis. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you brought up free agency. And there's not a ton of guys. There's not. Because <laughs> a lot of those guys, like, we were, we were looking at Mike White, gone, right? Mike White was one of, like, one of the first signings that was like, Oh, cool. You know, the Rams can get him for 3 million. Nope. He goes to the dolphins for eight, eight cam. Like what? So (laughs) he's gone. Dalton's gone. Um, you know, so you have those guys that left Heineke's gone, all that. Um, I brought up on Twitter, the Rams should go after Carson Wentz. Mm. And, and I think he'd be a great backup for Stafford. Everyone talks about how injury prone he is how many games is he going to start though? Like he's injury prone if he's starting the whole season. Mm-hmm. But if I'm asking him to back up Stafford, I'm hoping I don't need him. But realistically speaking, maybe on average, he has to play two games this year. Right. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then yes, Carson Wentz. Now, is he going to take a cheap deal? I don't know, but I'm saying for a cheap deal, Carson Wentz has the athleticism to escape the pocket you know, he's got the mobility, you know, pocket mobility to to make plays happen, you know, off script. 
And we saw kind of what he, you know, what Baker was going through is kind of what Wentz is going through. Yeah. Like no one wanted Baker Mayfield, only the Rams claimed him. And I think Sean McVay, you know, last year, and I, as we've mentioned on the podcast, like Sean McVay had fun again, like coaching Baker. Um, how awesome would it be for him to take Wentz and, you know, do the same thing with him? That'd and he's great. 30 years old, you know? Yeah. So maybe he's a Ryan Tannehill who it took a little bit longer, you know? I mean, let, let's not forget Carson Wentz was the MVP in 2017. It was, you know, he got injured in that game against the Rams. It was yeah. never the same, but you know, even still, I see some things that you could work with. He's got a live arm, you know, the, the athleticism is there. He makes some questionable decisions, but you know, I honestly like, who has he been with? He's been with the Colts who really they're only great, not even great success. They lost a playoff game close to the bills. Um, <clears throat> when they had Phillip rivers, you know, Matt Ryan <clears throat> was a complete failure. Matt Ryan was way worse, way worse than Carson Wentz. Mm. Um, you know, and, and here's the thing, like Wentz lost his job. Washington doesn't even know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they're about to, they sell, they're about to sell the team. Jackson. They're about to sell the team. So they, they got a yeah, lot going I, on. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Taylor Heineke starts and then, oh, now it's Carson Wentz. Now it's, uh, you know, the kid they got from UNC, uh, Howell, you know, and now they're like, yeah, we don't want Lamar Jackson. We want Howell. I'm like, all right. Well, you know what? Maybe Howell is good, right? Howell looks solid in, in limited opportunities, but not wanting Lamar Jackson makes me question you as a franchise uh, and why you're... I mean, then again, letting Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, Sean McVay, Ejiro Evero, Aubrey Pleasant, uh, all those guys leave makes me question you as a franchise anyway. They, got, they, uh, they have a lot of questions, Jake. They got a lot of questions over there's there. There's a lot of questions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if, if you're holding Carson Wentz, you know, and, and being cut by Washington as an argument against him, I wouldn't. Yeah. Now I want to bring up something because you hear the term locker room cancer way too much, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan, uh, I totally forgot his name. Jonathan Allen, great uh, defensive end in this league. And, uh, you know, he became a captain. And Jonathan Allen on Washington flat out came out and said he's not a cancer. And the NFL is like middle school with this drama. Um, I don't know who started it like that. You know, that's what he said. Then. All right. uh, Malcolm Jenkins, who, you know, was one of the league ambassadors, right? Like really well respected around the league. Um, And Chris Long, another guy really well respected around the league. Chris Long's podcast. He has Malcolm Jenkins on. Yeah. Right. Malcolm Jenkins and him both say not a locker room cancer. He's a good guy. Maybe things were a little rough, but he's not a locker room cancer. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's not as raw, raw as you would like. We heard the same thing about Marcus Mariota and how, Oh, well, because he's not a vocal leader, he's not a leader. I hate that. Yeah. Um, Wentz, the, the thing people don't talk about is when Wentz invited the whole wide receiver room from the Eagles, if, you know, years back, he invited them to his camp and they all, you know, hung out and they, they vibed and everything that doesn't get talked about. But what gets talked about is that, you know, Wentz may have a certain view on things, whether that's the masks or COVID or political view or whatever. And Cam, I got to say, I feel like that's held against him. And I don't think that's fair. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. I mean, to be honest, Jake, it, a lot of people who are mentioning this, they probably haven't been in the locker room themselves. So that's super tough. That's number one. 
right? So unless yeah. you unless someone has actually been in a locker room, then you're it's just a thought, it's not reality. And so yeah. when you have <laughs> when you have when you have people that are actually vouching for you, they say, hey, like, you know, this person is this. Like I've seen it, I've done it, you know, defensive guys saying it. It's not even offensive guys, Jake. These are defensive guys that are saying this about an offensive guy. So that's something else. If, if you saw one of the wide receivers from the Eagles being like, oh, this is my guy, you know, he'd be like, okay, dude, but you have defensive players doing it. That's a little bit different. So, I, you know, I want to take their word for it. I play with Chris Long. He's the man. Um, and then going back to the political views, right? So, you know, I was with the Buccaneers, of course, like when President 45 said, hey, you guys take a knee, fire those, S- this, uh, you know, those SOBs. So I've been in locker rooms where that political v- divide is tangible, right? Like when President 45 was going on for election, you know, people, some folks did vote for him, some folks didn't. And that divide, you know, you can just cut it with a butter knife, you know, in the locker room. So I've been yeah. in places where it's like that, Re- regardless of Carson Wentz's views, um, his personality, he's been verified that he's not a locker room cancer. So the folks that say he is, they probably haven't been in, been in the locker room. So let's just go ahead and disregard that now. And then going back yeah. to number two, how you know, about your tweet about Carson Wentz being a great fit for the Rams. I think it would be a full circle moment for the Rams organization, Sean McVay in general, right? Where they had two options uh, the, for the first pick of the draft back in the day. And it was Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. So I, I remember this to this day, we were in LA live downtown LA when the pick was being made jumbotron. You got the cheerleaders, you got the fans out here and, you know, folks went with Jared Goff and, you know, some of the fans were like scratching their head, like, wait a minute. Like, Jared Goff, and you see the season that Carson Wentz had, the MVP season, he was crushing it. And it's like, man, you know, I wonder at some point, you know, when I was on the Rams, like if Sean McVay and, you know, not Sean McVay, but our coaching staff, I wonder if they were like, ooh, we picked the wrong guy. So now I do feel like, I feel like there's a, a chance for the Rams to come around full circle and say, hey, I know you got hurt against the Rams when you played against us. You know, we want to make sure we, we wiped it off the slate. We want to make sure that we elevate you uh, here in this in this uh, program. And then it might be a chance for for Sean McVay to be like, hey, we went with the wrong guy the first time. You're the right guy. Let, let's go ahead and figure out how we can make this happen behind Matthew Stafford, of course. But I think it'd be it can be a great full full circle moment for Sean McVay or for the Rams organization in general and a, a full closure mo- a moment for for us. So. I like the I like the I like the idea. I know he's he's he can be injury prone sometimes, but <laughs> so so is Matthew Stafford. Any quarterback in the NFL at this point is in, injury prone when they're running for their lives. So I, I like yeah. the <laughs> I, I and, and going back to your you know talking about injury prone, going back to your, your will piece with Will with Will Levis. If he doesn't do well running from pressure. He's going to be in trouble because if you didn't, if anybody watched the Rams season last year, the Rams quarterbacks are running for their lives. So if the the Rams need to get somebody to protect the quarterback, that just goes back to that point. We need somebody to protect this quarterback. And Will Levis, if he's not used to running from pressure, you know, if he can't sit back there and throw that ball, he's going to be in some trouble. <laughs> he's going to be in some trouble. But, yeah, I, I, I love the tweet. Uh, just going back to your original point. I, I love the tweet. Um, you know, about bringing him in did, here. Did you see, I put the old, uh, the, the, the photoshopped one with him in the, the uniform. I, I the St. Louis colors. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I saw a little bit of that tweet, but I got to go check that out. But yeah, I, I like, I like yeah. the idea of Carson Wentz coming through. Um, you know, when I was sitting there watching, watching the pick between, 
uh, you know, him and Jared Goff. I, I wanted Wentz myself. So if he can come back, that could that could be awesome. Yeah, and and just to to kind of to back you here and to defend you because there's a lot of Jared Goff fans still in this this sort you know this fan base. You're not saying you dislike Jared Goff. One. Right. And two, Jared Goff's not available. <laughs> like, let's just full stop. Yeah. Jared Goff is not available. So it's okay to bring up Wentz and be like, hey, he's available. He was just caught. If we can get him cheap, you know, then this is how I think, Cam, is that if the if the Rams go out and get Carson Wentz for cheap, now you got a backup that has started in games, right? Started in legit NFL games. I'm not throwing out Will Levis and scared, right? Uh, Bryce Perkins isn't on the roster, so we have to stop assuming he's back. John Wolford is not on the roster. We have to stop stop assuming that. But when you get a guy like Carson Wentz, what that does is it allows you now to get whoever you want in the draft because now they're QB3. Yeah. And you don't have to worry. There's no pressure on them. Because the, the worst thing you could do for a guy like Will Levis or Jaron Hall or Hendon Hooker, Jake Hayner, I don't care, whoever, is put them at QB2, and then if Stafford goes down, they're not ready, and you have shell-shocked them for the rest of their career. Yeah, and, and that is real. That can happen. Yeah, and then now people are tweeting about the quarterback that we drafted. It's not working out, and it's like, oh, dang, here we go. <laughs> Hey, exactly. I mean, we saw it in 2016. Jared Goff wasn't ready, right? Jared Goff was not ready. So they knew that. And they're like, that's why we have Case Keenum. We believe in Case. Case is our guy. And you might have had fans like me that were like, this is BS. I want to see Jared Goff. We don't have a first, a second, a third on the the field because we traded up to get Goff. I wanted Wentz personally because I felt like he could start. And Hear me out, Cam. I thought 2016 team, that roster was better than than the record showed for it. I'll say it all yeah. day. Yeah. I'll say it all day, okay? It's not a knock on Sean McVay in 2017 that he got gifted with a good roster. I'm not saying you guys were going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But that 2016 team was better than 4-12. and 12. Yeah. There were some unfortunate things that happened. And uh, I Case Keenum was three and one to start the season. He was on Ryan Seacrest show eating victory waffles. Yeah. And then the poor guy goes from there to not winning a game the rest of the year. <laughs> that, that made me feel so bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's really. a case of the baller case. I mean, he broke Houston's like record for touchdowns he's back in Houston. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's back in Houston, you know, but yeah, to your point, having a solid backup is really important. Um, unfortunately, you know, like you said, he went and ate waffles on the show and they lost every game after. Uh, it's tough, but you know, there's probably a lot of factors that go in into, you know, winning and losing. Um, but what I do know is just, you know, going back to your point, having someone like Carson Wentz as a backup quarterback is really great. If you draft a quarterback as QB three, therefore he has two people to learn from, right? He has two people to learn from and take notes from. Um, I think I really like that opportunity. And also too, you got two people that can go win you football games. If, if okay, you got two people that can go win you football games and you get a defensive player that can give them a football, it's a complimentary piece there. Uh, one thing as well, Jake, I, I realized we got to get we got to get this. We got some specialists that we need to bring on board as well. Right. Score some points. We're talking about this quarterback position. We also need some specialists that can actually put some points on the board. I know we talked about Matt Gay getting paid, but. Matt Gay scored all our points last year, or most of our points. So we need somebody to put, put some points up on the board in the specialist room, too. 
Yeah, and I mean that was that was another one because you know you look at and I I I think I had mentioned to you I had looked at uh the Pinero Eddie Pinero for uh, the Panthers he just got signed and then they traded the backup kicker um oh, man I forget his name Zane Gonzalez okay. they traded him to the Niners so now they got their kicker. And the Rams don't have a kicker. So I think it's going to come uh, later on the draft. I think the Rams will probably end up drafting a kicker. I'm not a big fan of it. I personally would just rather look in, in undrafted rookie free agency. Um, that's where you got Johnny Hecker, but you got yeah. Greg Zerline in uh, the seventh round. So maybe they're hoping they could find Greg the leg 2.0. <laughs> yeah. uh, although Matt Gay, I would say, was everything Greg was. I mean, he really, he, Matt Gay was a model of consistency and he would just nail 50-yard field goals like it was his job because yeah. it was. Um, you know, so I, I'm just hoping whoever they get is somebody that can hit those 50-plus yarders. I don't need a guy to be accurate and not have a leg. I need a guy to be accurate and have a leg. You don't need to have a 64-yard leg but I'd like to know if I have to attempt a game-winning 55-yard field goal, you're not going to miss it short. Like, please. Like, I need a guy that can drill a 55-yard field yeah. goal. I need, I need a mental warrior. I don't war ask for much. Yeah, I need a mental <laughs> warrior, really, right? Like, you know, we talked about yeah. with, with the L.A. market, it's going to be tough. If you miss field goals, they're going to be on your oh, butt, boy. period. So Sam Sloman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, you know, Sam, yeah, I, we won't have to jump too far on that one. But <laughs> but we need a mental warrior, you know, somebody who's accurate. We don't need, like I said, we don't need a huge leg. We need somebody who's accurate. And we need somebody who ha who's a mental warrior who can battle through adversity and score points, period. That, that's all we need because it's going to – next year is going to be rough, right? We're not going to say it's going to be perfect. We want to go to the NFC um, title game. We want to go to the playoffs. But we need somebody who can get us there. And – I said it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough year. It's gonna be a rough year for any kicker that comes in. So mental warrior, that's what we need. It's, teams gonna have to score forty points. We know this, so uh, you know <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> you also need a kicker to do that. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, wrapping it up, I just wanted to throw it out because Allen Robinson's your guy. Um, I don't know if you saw this, uh, but they're, you know, obviously you're still trying to trade Allen Robinson, but Sean McVay had a very interesting comment when he basically said, again, I, I'm not using a direct quote, but he'll do whatever he can to coach him up and get the best out of him. If, if they don't find a, a trade partner, Love like it. he hasn't ruled it out. He's absolutely not against him coming back. Uh, a trade is something they're pursuing, you know, and he's pursuing, but if it turns out that neither come back, uh, you know, neither of that comes through, then yeah, he comes back and Sean McVay is excited to work with him. Uh, Les Snead said that they would look at a different way of using him. Um, you know, so that that's another thing. And uh, to be fair to them, that's not just like hogwash. They did the same exact thing to Cam Akers. He was out the door and then he came back and he was like the best running back in the league the last five games of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, <laughs> you know? yeah, and like think about if o OBJ comes on board, like, you got big play van, OBJ, Cooper Cup. Like, that's that's a dangerous group, Jake. If you have a quarterback that's healthy yeah. that can throw to him, you got your Carson Wentz, right? That Matthew Stafford. We're cooking with grease, Jake. We're cooking with grease. So <laughs> the biggest thing is at this point, I feel like the Rams are setting things up on the offensive side to score points. I think we talked about that. Matt uh Sean McVay said Matthew Stafford's healthy, he's ready to go. He's been reflecting from the game, it's been taken away from him. Now he's back, so he's ready to roll. And so now it's like, okay, we got a run game. We got a, we got a pass game. 
somebody protect Matthew Stafford to see this all the way through. Need a, need a kicker. <laughs> need a kicker. I know we've been yeah. skipping over that. Need a kicker. And then also need somebody to give him the ball back. So, you know, if, if I'm looking at the draft, I definitely want to, you know, in free agency, I would love to see some defensive ballers come through. I, I would love to see that happen because, you know, let's say Matthew Stafford does get hurt next year and we're in kind of the similar situation we were last year. We're going to need some guys to to stop the ball. <laughs> we're going to need some guys to stop the ball, stop the bleeding, and score points. And so the Kobe Durant, he's the guy right now. Aaron Donald's the guy. Other than that, we need some guys that can really, you know, be some game changers and some some guys that can really, you know, turn the tide of a game. So <laughs> it, it's – I'm sure, Jake, once we stop podcasting here, I'm sure we're going to get some breaking news pretty soon. But we'll, we'll save that for the Never next – we'll save that for the next podcast. But – um, you know, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Uh, I know. I think I'm getting more excited as more we do this do, do these podcasts and we're talking about the future of the Rams. I'm like, oh, we might be cooking. You know, we might okay. be cooking. So, okay. yeah, yeah. So I think, um, you know, if if the Rams can do it right, we, we can we can be all right this upcoming year. We won't be sad after every game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and look, I'll say this. I mean, I, you know, I may have an issue with the way that they handled this off season, but I mean, you know, we, we talk off air all the time. And I mean, I've told you, I think this team still wins like nine games and yeah. that could go up. You know, I, I'm not of the belief to bet against Sean McVay. I can have an issue with what they're doing. I can have an issue with getting rid of all pro talent and, you know, getting pennies and a dime in return. But I can also still understand what they're doing, uh, disagree with it. And while disagreeing with it, I also realize Sean McVay is him. And <laughs> yeah. like, let's, let's be honest here. Sean McVay could absolutely have a 2017 season, yeah. you know, uh, don't just look at the bad. I mean, Sean McVay's worst season before this year, which was a colossal mess with all of the injuries and everything. And they were still in every single game, except for one because of the defense going in the fourth quarter. But, uh, his worst year before that was nine and seven. They make the playoffs in a seven play a uh, seven team format. That was the last year of the six team. Everyone forgets about that. So technically speaking, based on everything that's going on right now, Sean McVay never would have missed the playoffs before this year. Hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know, man. Uh, he took a team that went four and 12. He added a little to him and uh, you guys and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, 11 and five. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could say Sean's it was a different guy. team and they had a great draft class, but is that not what we're describing right now? Yeah. I mean, they could have a great draft class, make a signing for OBJ out of John Johnson or somebody like that. Troy Hill, you know, maybe okay. uh, Dal Dalton Reisner's out there. If they want to get a guard, Isaiah Wynn, that would be, you want to talk about full circle. And I know we're, we're making this pod go a while, but uh full circle would be the Rams trading Brandon cooks are trading for Brandon cooks, trading the 23rd pick away for Brandon cooks. So the Patriots can get Isaiah win only to end up signing Isaiah win after that contract. <laughs> yeah, that would be full circle uh -huh. with the Wentz thing. This would just be the, the full circle, full circle podcast. Full, full um, circle podcast. <laughs> That's funny. Man, we got a, a lot of different names. So, look, uh, we got so much that we could talk about next week. I didn't realize it, but we have so much left on the sheet. So we're going to push it off to next week. Yeah. I think we'll we'll have even more next week. So I think we've already confirmed we're not going to run out of content, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, we're not. 
we, we didn't even get to prospects that yeah. we could see the rent. So excited for that and excited to go, you know, compare 2023 and 2020, uh, 2017. Yeah. Um, that should be a lot of fun, but, uh, that's going to do it. Do you have any final thoughts, Ken? Yeah. I mean, I, I, what I liked about the last podcast is some of the folks were like, Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? So feel free to tweet at us and let us know like what you think and what you want us to talk about the next podcast. Uh, that was the topic of discussion for the first 30 minutes of this podcast when it comes to the Kevin Demoff's uh, letter. So feel free to, you know, send us a message and let us know what you want to hear. Yeah. Maybe we'll just throw mailbags in here too. I like it. I like a mailbag. Maybe next week we'll start a mailbag and get it going. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, how do we want to do this? So drop a comment below this YouTube channel, uh, this YouTube video, uh, start with mailbag, all caps. Yeah. And your question. There you go. And all of those will be read at the very end of every show. There you go. New show idea. Boom. Let's go. <laughs> we got it. We got all sorts of segments. We got uh, your your game ball segment when obviously the games are happening. Yeah. We got our, uh, you know, burning question. Yeah. Now we got our mailbag section. We'll, we'll call it something different. The Ram bag. I don't know. Ah, I like the Ram bag. S- give us suggestions. Bag. Folks, give us some suggestions and we'll, we'll add it into the show. Yeah. So... <laughs> So for the the time being, all caps mailbag, your question, and then below it, give us a suggestion on what we should call our mailbag section because everyone has a mailbag section, but we want to be different. We want to have our own thing. I want to be original, uh, you know, like run the ball podcast and the analogy podcast. Full circle podcast. uh, Full circle podcast. I mean, so many, you know, but we need your help. Yeah. So do that. Yeah. But until next time. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. You can go follow him at Cameron Lynch 50. You can follow me at JK Bogan on Twitter and pretty much everything else. Um, We'll be back next week. We'll be back every week. Yeah. You'll never stop seeing us because then when the game times start, we'll we'll be podcasting twice a week. Double up. So get used to it. (laughs) Thanks again to bet online. We appreciate you guys. Be sure to like subscribe, comment, rate and review. And we're out later folks. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.